listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast presented by the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Patreon page. Head over to patreon.com slash Podcast right now and subscribe to one of our three tiers that we have available. Um, if you do that right now, you're going to get blog posts from me, Drew Dean, also going to be getting NASCAR DFS rankings, NFL DFS rankings. The time is now. It's football season, so it's time to make sure that you are doing things the right way over on FanDuel and DraftKings. Um, And we also have the all-inclusive package, which has everything there is to offer Garage Guys. So, again, it's patreon.com slash Podcast. Get over there today and sign up to be a member of the Garage Fam. Drew, how was your week, man? Doing pretty well. Just coming back from a wedding, getting excited about my fantasy football season-long draft here, and then um, week one of NFL DFS. So it's an exciting two weekends approaching. You sound you sound tired. How was your How was your wedding weekend? Did you guys get wild? <sighs> we did. We uh, threw down hard. Uh, all the the gang was back together, and then we had that dreadful drive back to Nashville. So I was in the car for about eight hours, and it was raining. I was hungover, so that was not a good combo. But it was worth. It was worth the fun that we had. Yeah, nobody nobody likes those kind of drives at all. So, um, so I actually uh, hit you up on Saturday. Uh, everybody's talking about the big news right now in the in the sports world. Andrew Luck retired at age twenty nine from the Indianapolis Colts. I called you up Saturday. You guys were out rocking and rolling to, to talk about. It. I didn't know if you were around it, saw it, but uh, did that did that dampen the mood on Saturday? I think it was more of a just shock factor. I saw everyone looking at their phones. It's a lot of sports fans at the wedding, so everyone was starting to look and thinking they were hallucinating or something. Um, couldn't believe the news, and uh, I think you were a little bit ahead of the curve with the news, so you your call definitely gave me a heads up, and um, everyone was just in disbelief that it was under wraps that long, and right before the season, we get that announcement. Right. Like that, that was my, I was actually, I was in a target and I, I have my notifications on for, for Rappaport and for Schefter and Schefter's the one that dropped it. Um, and I saw it immediately and I was reading it and I had to read it like four times before I could process what it was actually saying, because it was like, we were, we were getting ready to drop the, uh, the, the Andrew Luck is a robot t-shirt, which we're probably still going to drop. Um, <laughs> Anyway, I mean, it is what it is. But I, uh, yeah, my my initial instinct, I was like, gotta call Drew. I was like, gotta see what he's up to. Gotta see if he saw this yet. 
but I can't even imagine what it must have been like, like being like drunk and like blurred vision trying to read that on your screen. Like you, you, there's, you're probably always like, this is a joke. Like this is, this isn't real. I thought it was one of those tweets that, you know, like people faking like they're Adam Schefter, you like, know what like I mean? Mary. Yeah. I thought it was one of those things. And then when you called, I, I realized that no, this is for real. And it's funny that we have been talking a lot about, about him on the podcast with the t-shirt and with him, you know, you were saying he was made of glass and, um, He's been a hot topic, so. Yeah, he's just like it's it's crazy how it all worked out. Um, but for him to retire was something I didn't see coming. Like it was completely out of left field. Like I, I thought that we were just going to have another year of Andrew Luck being Andrew Luck, um, dealing with the injuries, coming out, playing some good games, taking a couple weeks off, coming back, and now it's completely over. And I mean, it's just like to see him, somebody that was probably going to be a future Hall of Famer. Um, to just pull out that quick. I mean, it just definitely shows you like the league and the players are in like a different headspace now. It's like, they, you know, I, I, is this the, could this be the start of something is what I'm looking at it now is because we, the more that these players are playing this game and, and the game's trying to change and evolve to make it safer. Um, it, it's killing joy. Rob Gronkowski just came out. Uh, I believe it was on, on Tuesday and, was launching his new CBD company talking about how the joy of football was just sucked away from him on his decision to retire. So I feel like maybe Andrew Luck coming out helped Gronk be able to, to kind of come out and say those things. And, um, and, and now it's just kind of got me wondering, like, if, if we're going to see more players that are having these injury issues and putting their body through a lot do this in the future. Yeah, it's interesting for sure. I think for in the case of Andrew Luck and even – Gronk to an extent I think we're going to see a shift towards people that are that have the ability or the intelligence to to succeed elsewhere outside of football they're going to be leaning that way more often than the past but you're still going to have those guys that you know are in the one percent of football players but maybe not in the one percent of architects or I don't know what Andrew Luck's going to be doing but I'm imagining he's going to be (laughs) I'm imagining he's going to be just fine he is like okay so like Andrew Luck outside of football is not really a robot I guess but he's more like the character from uh there's a movie that came out it was like in the late 2000s from the makers of Napoleon Dynamite called Gentleman Broncos um not a lot of people have seen it like I've talked about it to a couple of people but there is a character in that movie he is an author of sci-fi novels, um, and and he just reminds me. He sounds like him. He reminds <laughs> me of him. Like if this was if if Andrew Luck was just going to be a normal guy outside of football, he would be this guy. Doctor Ronald Chevalier is his name. I think I'm pronouncing it right, but yeah, that's the character. Go Google that right now and watch the video of him giving a seminar. That is what Andrew Luck's going to be in the next ten years. Do you see him doing that at the uh, elementary school level or, uh, you know, yeah, going to colleges? Like, or be showing him how to, like, build buildings with Legos. <laughs> that's, that's what he's going to really do. He's going to get into Lego architecture. He's just waiting to fuck everybody's minds up because he's still a robot. The simple things of life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, it, it, it sucks, you know, especially for Colts fans. I know me, like, that's like – you know, like, like for a Patriots fan, like what if Tom Brady, like, I mean, at this point now it's like whatever, but like Tom Brady in his prime came out and did some shit like this. I'm not saying that Andrew Luck's Tom Brady by any means, but 
that's earth shattering. It is, especially with the Colts after being pretty bad for years, they finally turned the corner. And that's one of my first thoughts I had at the wedding when you called me was this is a Super Bowl contending team. The talent is just the talent strong across the board and he's choosing to walk away. So, you know, he's very serious about this. Right. Yeah. This is something and, and we'll see what, what comes from it, but we got to turn to what's there now. A lot of people have already drafted um, so for the people that drafted Andrew Luck. I hate it for you. Um, hopefully you got him late. I know I was seeing him go in like round nine or round 10 in some drafts. So for those guys, I know that they, they already had their starter. Like I knew one guy that drafted with us, I think he had, Sean Watson, and then he had Andrew Luck as his backup, so it doesn't really affect him. So if you got him around there, you know, you took your dart throw, but it is what it is. No one saw this coming, and no one's going to blame you if you drafted him because if anybody tells you they saw this coming, they're bold-faced lying to you. Um, but we got Jacoby Brissett now. So Brissett is going to be the starting quarterback. And for me, I feel like this definitely dampens uh, T.Y. Hilton's uh, ability to produce points. This is definitely going to damage uh, a couple of the other wide receivers there. And, and the tight end situation is what's going to be tricky because we know how well Brissett connects with Jack Doyle, but we haven't really seen the, you know, him and, and Erica Braun going at it. I mean, me personally, I feel like I don't want to really touch anybody there. You might feel a little different. I think so. I think I feel a little different just because there's a, a few things that people need to consider about, looking at the the prior history of Brissett as his different coach at the time. Um, he came in from the Patriots on maybe a week of preparation and was a starter. Um, the team, the offensive line is top three now. And at the time Brissett was starting, it was a bottom, bottom tier offensive line. So the, the entire roster is much different. I do think the, the tight ends are more interesting than T.Y. Hilton. So I'm a little down on on Hilton for sure. How do you feel about Marlon Mack? I don't think Marlon's going to be affected at all. I think that run game's going to stay the same way. Um, I think he's really the only player that kind of gets the free pass in this whole debacle because he was going to do what he was going to do behind Andrew Luck anyway. Um, so I, I still think we're going to see him, you know, doing his thing, running up the gut, maybe catching a few passes from Brissett. Um, I wouldn't really worry too much about Mac. I think his ADP is going to stay the same. It may dip a little bit, but that just may be because of just, you know, team morale, like where everybody's headspace is. Because you know that when a decision like this is made, it kind of puts everybody in a doozy. So I don't know if, if they they might play in a funk this year. Like that's the only thing I worry about, like when it comes to that kind of stuff, because that's, that's a lot to take in. So they're going to have to, you know, overcome that adversity. Um, but for that's just my personal opinion on it for anybody else that's out there. I don't think they should be worried about Mac at all, but the ADP definitely drops for everyone else. Yeah. We do need to shout out that what you kind of did already that Brissett targets the tight end at a well than above average rate for a QB. So I wouldn't let tight ends drop too far, but T Y yeah. Hilton's a T Y Hilton and basically any receiver besides T Y's. And, and a, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say this, too. Um, with with Brissett in now, um, I had originally came out talking about Eric Braun should be the clear tight end one. Um, and, and I said that they shouldn't do the split set. And now I'm I'm more on board with it. I'm more on board with them splitting up the tight ends, kind of letting them get a feel for Braun, let them, you know, see if that chemistry is still there with Doyle. They're going to have to do a lot of different things this year because it's just the 
just to make up for what they lost at quarterback, mm-hmm. um, they're definitely going to have to experiment a lot. So that's definitely going to be something. So don't be afraid to go out there and grab Jack Doyle at this point. Right. And I'm rooting for him. It'd be a great story to see him do well after the, after all the drama. Yeah, big facts. It's going to be interesting. I I'm, I know that you're probably interested in maybe playing him in some DFS. Uh, that's the first thing I thought about with Jacoby. Yeah, that's one thing with them releasing salaries so early to get people excited about week, about week one that salaries are already set in stone. So he's at like the minimum price. So oh, yeah. I'll be a little sneak peek. I'll be playing some <clears throat> Jacoby Brissett week one. And uh, I knew you would. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How could I not? Exactly. So – that's that's the fate of the Colts. Uh, that's that. Hard knocks. Let's talk about this episode tonight. So starting out, I was going to watch it originally on HBO Go, and HBO Go fucked the world um, by saying that they were going to air it at 11 p.m. Eastern time instead of 10. So it put a lot of people behind. So uh, sucks to suck. You got to have cable. So I get on, uh, well, I have satellite. So I get on satellite, watching it on HBO. Um, and then I missed the first five minutes because my box messed up because I rarely watch DirecTV. And once it did finally come on, I was like five minutes in, so I got to watch it. And then right towards the end, about 15 minutes left, it completely cut out because bad weather rolled through. So cut the cord, but then when HBO messes you up, you wish you didn't cut the cord, but then you try to watch it with the cord and it still messes up. So it's not, not, not a good night. anytime soon. Sounds like you're no. having some, some bad luck over there. Maybe, maybe just for another week. We'll, <laughs> see. we'll see. I'm going to get that itch and I got to scratch it. But uh, th- this week's on hard knocks, dude, really, honestly, the only thing that caught my attention was John Gruden making the show again. And he, they literally made like a rap or like a song, like a John Gruden song. And I fully expect it to be all over uh, the internet by the end of the week. Yeah, you could tell they were running out of material and kind of riding Gruden's coattails a little bit. Um, Big time. It was it was my least favorite episode, but that doesn't mean there wasn't some good moments. And the, the rap piece was one, and then Gruden's facial expressions was the other piece that I was laughing about. Oh, just the Canada game itself was great because he was just so pissed. Like, they had to play on an 80-yard field. Like, and, and he was like, I don't see why we couldn't just play on the whole field. I don't really understand it. He's, like, basically just calling, them, calling the referees geniuses and shit, like, to their face. So, like, yeah, Gruden is a national treasure. And he like, was trying to strong-arm Matt LaFleur for the Packers, wasn't he? Trying to yes. say, hey, let's use the whole field and get your medical staff on board. Yeah, basically, <laughs> like <laughs> he he doesn't care. He was an absolute just electric show on this episode. So that was the really the only thing that uh, that caught my eye. Other than that, like Luke Wilson basically being at home in Canada and just being like, "We're fucking Canada, guys. Let's let's ball out for Canada." And he's like the only guy singing the Canadian national anthem. And he's like, "Come on, guys, sing it with me." And everybody's just being quiet. He just kind of like starts softening up. It's like. Man, stand for your country, dog. Like, you're good. Just <laughs> sing that shit. <laughs> like, he got a lot of FaceTime just because of that um, gaming in Canada. So, good for him. Good for his brand. I thought the other thing to note was the singing by the rookies was maybe the all-time worst, right? Yeah, it was pretty rough. Um, 
I don't really know the guy's name. That the one that was singing Usher though, that was my favorite reaction from John Gruden because he was just lost, mm-hmm. like he was <laughs> singing "You Got It Bad" by Usher, like in the locker room. And everybody's just. It reminded me of like Dare Camp in two thousand and two. Did you ever? Did you ever get to attend Dare Camps? I did not. Tell yeah. me more. So Dare Camp, like basically, it's like drugs. I don't even remember the acronym, but it's like drugs are bad. Don't do them. And kids go to these camps for like a week. Well, they had this one where we were at, and I remember I sung R. Kelly's Ignition when I was in third grade up on a stage in front of everybody. So it was just kind of like video evidence of that. I don't, I don't. But if you ever find like a video of of a little like chubby kid with a crew cut singing R. Kelly's Ignition, that's probably me. It'll, it'll surface on the internet one day. One day, hopefully. I really hope it does, too. I'd love to see it. But, uh, but yeah, that's what it reminded me of. I don't know the guy's name. And then who was the other guy that was the, basically, like, just swept him out? Like, he was like, get the fuck out of here. Like, John Gruden straight just told him to get the fuck out of here. I don't remember what he was singing. Maybe My Girl or something like that. That sounds right. It was so quick that I, I didn't even take note of it. So, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't write that one down. So, maybe right, maybe not right. John Gruden, not a big My Girl fan. So that was basically Hard Knocks. Um, and next week we'll get our last uh, last episode. Preseason is done. Coming next week, the first NFL specials coming out next week. I'm super hyped, Drew. We're here. Like, we're finally here. And it, it's just – it's taken so long. And it's like all the excitement's about to explode out of me. Me too. Season long, daily fantasy, NFL red zone. It's all going to be on a – Full effect. I'm ready to have that first Sunday where I sit down on my couch with some food and and watch watch Red Zone. And, and the only other thing that gets me more excited about football season than actually watching football is the voicemails that we get from our Garage Fam callers to the hotline. I, I like the transition there. Oh yeah, yeah, it was a good one. I made it made it flip <laughs> right in like a little flip. Game over. So uh, so this week we have two voicemails. Um, that we're going to play for you. One is from a guy named Crazy Earl, which uh, the name is exciting. I dig that. The other one we got is from uh, The Booty Boy. So these Two are interesting be, names. Yes, big time. So maybe some new personalities. I don't know. We'll see. Let's see what Crazy Earl had to say first off. So here we go. Crazy Earl's voicemail. Garage fam, what's up? It's Crazy Earl. Uh, Just a couple quick questions. Uh, We're halfway through the preseason, and Ryan Tannehill is playing absolutely lights out. Um, Which week do we see him taking over the Hounds in in Tennessee? I think it's going to be early. I'm thinking week four. Just kind of want to hear y'all's thoughts. Second question, with the best free agent still available out there in LeGarrette Blount. I mean, (laughs) where are we going to see him get, you know, valuable touches? I think he's got got a couple – couple you know i'd say 100 yards games left in the tank and i'm looking forward to it to it thirdly um who y'all got this weekend i'm gonna tell you now kyle bush put him in your lineups he's gonna finish first he's gonna be back on top <laughs> all right wow. that's a lot of information to process wow crazy earl crazy earl electric show man okay <laughs> all right so let, let, let's let's answer some questions Ryan Tannehill, Tannehill, I can't even say it right after that. <laughs> crazy, Earl, crazy Earl has you uh, rattled. Yeah, he's got me a little rattled there. Ryan Tannehill lights out. 
um i don't know man I, i'm not touching him in fantasy I, I would i wouldn't wouldn't worry about that at all um just yeah don't even just avoid him completely crazy earl just don't, i think, don't even I think i'm ta- i'm gonna take crazy earl's questions from just a sh- sheer football conversation i think the Tannehill thing is is real though in terms of pressure on Mariota. what do you think about that chase is i mean have you heard anything about the leash that Mariota's gonna have I mean, I'll be honest, just looking at it from an outside point with little knowledge about the whole situation. I haven't watched much Titans preseason, but whenever I heard the news that Tannehill was going to Tennessee, I immediately thought, like, how long is it going to be? Because Mariota, Mariota just hasn't played up to the level that he was expected to play, I feel like. And even though Jameis Winston was the other competitive quarterback that came out of that draft with him, I mean, we, we've seen glimpses of what he can do. And we, we've seen a little bit of what Mariota can do, but not much. I easily think that Tannehill could replace him by the end of the season. It just all depends on how he's clicking with his wide receivers. If, if he can get the ball to Corey Davis well, um, that's basically going to be his main thing. Adam Humphreys, uh, you know, you got, you got some weapons there. You just got to use them. I mean, they're not, like, very sharp. Like, they, they need a lot of sharpening still. But, uh, you know, they, they, they can cut through some stuff, though. Right. I think that the, the leash will be pretty short just because, I mean, we've seen Mariota now for several years and the preseason stuff, I don't want to look into it, into that too much. I know Tannehill's played, you know, far better than the Mariota, but if they come out the gate 0-2, 0-3, you might see a quick change there. So on to, on to his next uh, little question. Uh, Garrett Blunt. Garrett Blunt. Um, yeah, dude, again – on a fantasy side, you just got to kind of watch, man. I don't know. Like, I don't think he's going to come back into the league uh, anytime soon. If he does, it would be somebody who was like – the depth chart was just like chopped and screwed, like more than a 3-6 Mafia song. So, um, that's, <laughs> that's the only way that I could see LeGarrette Blunt being needed. Obviously, you're a huge LeGarrette Blunt fan. That's all I could think of. The only reason that he would be relevant because, like, this year, honestly, he's just been an afterthought. So, crazy Man. Earl, LeGarrette Blunt fan. <laughs> yeah, he must like the – he must love that uh, video of him punching the guy in college at Oregon. LeGarrette Blunt got famous for punching the guy. I feel like the guy named Crazy Earl would be rowdy enough to, to love that video. So, yeah. Right. I'm going to back you up on that. But, yeah, yeah, Earl, um, I don't know, man. Just keep your eyes peeled. If you see him pop up on a team, go get your mans. If anybody, uh, <laughs> if anyone, if let's go crazy theory real quick. If anyone, Houston Texans. Houston Texans. Yeah, so that was the only team I was actually thinking about right now. But I feel like there's other options. I saw something earlier today talking about Jay Ajayi possibly going to Houston, which if anybody should be going to Houston right now, if, if the Chargers would, would get off of it, I'd love to see like a trade for like Clowney and, and Melvin Gordon. That would be dope. That'd be crazy. I don't know how that money works out there in that – that. It would be very hard to make it work. This is just in a in a you know in some world way off in another dimension, right? Down. So it's nothing that's going to be uh, set in stone. But I thought that that would be like a cool like that would obviously they're looking to get Clowney's looking to go somewhere. And I was like, you fit those pieces together pretty easily. But yeah, I uh, can't believe we talked about Legarrette Blunt. We talked about Legarrette Blunt. Yeah, that just happened. Just that, for you, Crazy Earl. Crazy Earl, all for you. Call in more, Crazy Earl. Call in more. So, leaving leaving off with the last question you had, or 
uh, asking who we got for this weekend. By the way, uh, Crazy Earl's a NASCAR guy, I guess. So shout out to that. Um, and let's talk a little bit about NASCAR real quick. So uh, we're back from the off week. Uh, the Monster Energy Series is going to Darlington Raceway this week, which is going to be the throwback race. A lot of 90s paint schemes. I've been seeing a couple out on Instagram. Just a fun race. Fun race to watch. Really interesting. It's, it's kind of a finesse race because it's like who's got the flashiest paint scheme. Um, I saw where Jimmy Johnson was trying to disguise himself as Denny Hamlin to cop them playoff point. <laughs> um, no, but it was, uh, he was doing a throwback of his old truck and I actually saw the picture where they had the car next to the truck. It was pretty awesome. Um, it's a really cool paint scheme that Jimmy Johnson has. And then, uh, I think Corla joys running the Scooby-Doo mystery machine paint scheme, which is pretty tight. Um, and there'll be all of them released and others, um, that'll be out there. You can find online, but as far as Kyle Busch goes, just looking back at some of his previous races, I mean, he normally he normally starts in the top ten. Since 2016, he started in the top ten, um, and he's finished uh, two of those inside the top ten. Uh, the best one being September 3rd, 2017, where he finished second after starting third. So it looks like he can sustain where he's at. It looks like um, maybe he got a little bit of negative points placement in two of those. So. Yeah, going from starting six, going to eleven, starting fifth, going to seventh. I don't know, man. Maybe uh maybe a good week to use that salary for some other guys. That's what I'm feeling. How about you? I will I will say I'm pulling this up real quick for Big Earl, but Kyle Bush is the favorite to win. Not a surprise. He seems like he's the favorite he's every week. He's the favorite. He's the favorite yeah. man. Yeah, he's the favorite almost every week. Um so anytime you wanna take a guess on somebody, he's He's someone to go with, but, but you're gonna pay for it. Yeah, I haven't looked at DFS this week. I haven't looked at you know Chase. I do all my research um, for NASCAR usually on Friday, so I'll have right. A- hey, there's a place where people can find that too. <laughs> it's our Patreon page. I'm gonna plug it again. www.patreon.com/garageguyspodcast. You can get Drew's NASCAR DFS rankings. The man has what it takes to win. Go check right. out his rankings. And we'll have strategy notes there to, to talk you through my thoughts. It's not just a one, two, three, four, five ranking. You'll have a little bit more insight. Um, and then one more thing on the Patreon page from earlier. If you join the 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 top tier, we'll, you'll have our recommendations for waiver pickups, right? That is correct. So that's the $10 tier. Uh, if you just want to get Drew's NASCAR, it's the $5 tier. If you want the NFL only, it's $8. And then uh, we have just uh, for, I believe it's, what, $3, you get our blog posts. So just the stuff that me and Drew talk about, uh, things that we feel like writing about, you'll get to read all that stuff. And um, eventually we'll have some uh, some video up on there during the NFL season. So might be able to uh, tease you there. So the only way you can get it is by going to patreon.com slash garageguyspodcast. Moving on to the next voicemail uh, from the booty boy. Let's check out and see what uh what kind of questions he has for us. What's up, guys? It's me, the Booty Boy, single and ready to mingle. Want to talk Melvin Gordon? Um, <laughs> in the drafts, if he's available mid to late rounds, is he somebody that you're picking up, or are you taking a chance on him in the early rounds, even though he hasn't signed yet? Love the show. Love listening. Get back to me. Appreciate it. Okay, the Booty Boy. We should Another get like guy. crazy Earl, crazy Earl versus Booty Boy rivalry going. Yes. All right. So <laughs> you guys are listening. to This is Booty Boy, Crazy Earl. 
you guys better start going after it. We we got we got to have that for the show. All the garage fam wants it. So that's there. That's there now. This is a thing. So with, the, with Booty Boy's question, um, yeah, Melvin Gordon. That's that's a middle round guy. I've been seeing him go um, around the third mostly. Some late second, early third. Um, me personally, I'm not even reaching for him. Um, I'm gonna pass over him. I don't want anything to do with him. I don't want to deal with that headache. Uh, so if you're going to listen to what I have to say about it, don't even worry about him. Act like he's not even there. Somebody else will get him. It'll be their problem. It's just not worth the risk. You know, there's other players there at the end of round two that are high-quality players as well. Um, I will say if I'm going to take a risk on on someone, it's, it's Ezekiel Elliott just because I think that deal is going to get, going to get done. It's just a gut feeling. I don't have any – Inside info that no one else has. I just, I just feel like that deal is going to get done, and the Cowboys are going to, going to roll out with Zeke this year. Are you sure though? You've been talking to Jason Garrett behind the alleys again. Oh uh, yeah, you know, I have him on a, uh, have him on speed dial. I bet he's a really awkward guy. He looks like he's a big lasagna guy. Yeah, let's throw him and Andrew Luck in a room and just let him talk for a while. But that'd be a pretty awkward um, conversation. That would be yeah between architecture and lasagna, <laughs> building lasagna towers. I don't know. Strange, strange guys, strange times. So that's our voicemails. Would you take Zeke just out of curiosity? Oh man. I I try to avoid it, dude. Like, I mean, it's the, the drafts that I've done recently, it's just, I saw so many people get burned by Lev, man. And it's, that's why in all serious note, like I just, I don't want to experience that. Like I, I saw it coming last year. I don't, I don't think that unless they can make him the highest-paid running back in the league, he's not going to play. He's already made that clear. He didn't want to be the second-highest-paid running back. He wants to be the highest-paid running back. Unless Jerry's willing to cough that up, and I don't think he is. I think Jerry is going to be prideful this year, and I think in a result to that, he's going to sit. Hmm. So I'm not, I'm not going after him either. Like The only way – that I would have that I would go after him is if by some chance he was sitting around like the beginning of the third round or I was around there or maybe late second. But, yeah, you'll never but, have to worry about him getting that far. Yeah, but even with that, I don't even know if I'd want to waste it because like literally like it's just you're you're wasting such a valuable pick for an unknown when you could just skip around that and, and grab that. And let's say that he takes a lesser deal. And he's pissed about it. Where's his headspace going to be all season? Yeah, the counter argument though is how many times have we had a Le'Veon Bell situation occur? Once. Yeah, but everything's got to start somewhere. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's, that's just the way I look at it. Um, but yeah, that's uh, th- thanks for the calls, guys. We, we appreciate y'all calling in. Uh, keep the keep the calls coming. Keep the voicemails coming. We'll keep playing them and answering your questions. Uh, last week we started off. Uh, we did the AFC win projections for the 2019 season so this week before we get to our interview with brett sill we're going to be closing out with the interview this week we want to go ahead and get these nfc win predictions uh all completed for you guys to let you know where myself and drew stand on uh how to make your bets this season so let's go ahead and dive straight in um hey i do want to go back to the Colts real quick just for the listeners um 
we had both talked about the Colts and the the over under has been revised to seven and a half. So let's get your pick on over under seven and a half for the Colts with Jacoby Brissett. Seven and a half with Jacoby. I'm gonna take the over on that. I think they can at least win eight games. Okay, I'm in agreement there. So I'm just gonna mark that one down. We don't have to go any deep thoughts because we already talked about them. But I wanted to get that on record so we're up to date. Word. Okay, so we both have the over now on the Colts. Yep. You want right. to go into the uh, Dallas Cowboys? I was yeah. I was gonna say let's go ahead and start with the NFC uh, NFC East. The uh, the su- supposed to be powerhouse of the NFC. Not any longer. <laughs> So going in with Dallas Cowboys, what have we got? Nine. Yep, over unders set at nine, and um, two, uh, last year they had ten wins. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take the over on that. I think they're gonna start off with some really good momentum because they have a very easy schedule going into the first four weeks. And for all you guys playing fantasy out there, take note of that. If you got to have a defense in your league, and you're gonna stream defenses, which is what I normally would recommend to do. Look at snatching up that Dallas defense because it's going to give you some pretty good points uh, for beginning four weeks. Should. We're speculative right now. So just based off what we know from last year and team strength right now, it's looking pretty hot. I'm also kind of eyeing uh, Dak Prescott later on in, uh, in later rounds, getting more value up front, wide receivers, running backs, tight ends, going for that QB late. So keep that in mind. Especially if Zeke's not there, right? Adds a little bonus to – to Dak, possibly. Yeah, but it's it's scary though. It's scary, but I think that you know if 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 we don't have Zeke, we're gonna have Tony Pollard in there, and uh, I think that they'll be able to handle up just fine. But uh, right. could, it would always be better with Zeke, but I think that they should be able to handle up with, with Pollard. Hopefully, we'll see what happens. And what you were you? over there, right? Are you were over yeah. nine? I'm going over okay. nine. I'm on the over here. I think the balance of the Cowboys is really strong. Coming off a good year, 10 wins last year. Um, defense is the main reason I'm going over here. And then the the early piece of the schedule is, is nice. There's no there's no reason the Cowboys can't come out hot. So I'm going over. Facts. Uh, moving down to Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, they're at 10 and a half. I'm taking under there. Any, any thoughts or just you're going with under? Well – I, I'm not. I'm not big on this Carson Wentz thing. Um, I. Uh, I think that we're still going to probably see a little bit of regression. I'm not 100% sold that he's rocking and rolling, just because of what he's dealt with over the past two years. I mean, anytime a man swoops in and takes a Super Bowl with your team, um, and then you come back and try to do it again, and you get hurt again. Um, I think that kind of can can kill your spirits a little bit. So it just depends on the type of uh, person he's going to be to overcome that. But I'm uh, I'm not seeing it happen. I'm just – I don't know. I'm it's a little surprised to see this at 10 and a half. Yeah, I think me too. really, really high. It's very generous. I think the Cowboys and the, the Eagles should be a little bit closer. And, you know, maybe they should both be at nine and a half or ten. I, I don't know. I, just I think, think the Cowboys and the Eagles should be swapped, actually. Really? I think yeah. they should be about the same. They should both be – Nine, nine and a half um, over under. But I'm, with that being said, I'm kind of giving my answer away. I'm going under with you. Okay. So we are agreeing thus far. Washington Redskins at six and a half. I'm going to take the under on that. This is going to be a popular one. Um, the, the, the under here is at six and a half, and you have to pay 175 to win 100. So 
I think this is going to be a really popular bet just because the Redskins roster is not in a good state. Yeah. After watching some preseason games, I mean, I like what I'm seeing out of Geis, but other than that, uh, they just, they still got some work to do. I don't, I don't think they're going to be able to accomplish that feat this season. I can honestly see him winning four, five games. I don't, I don't even know if they're going to make it to six. So I'm going under we're three for three. New York giants. It's six. Um, I'm going to be ballsy here. I'm going to go over. <laughs> I'm going to go over. Is this with Daniel Jones? This is with Jan- Daniel Jones, yeah. Because okay, so he's taking over what, some you know, week six or something, week seven? Week seven. Uh, no, week eight. I'll say week eight. Okay. So week Chase eight. is over. I'm, I'm under. I'm, I just can't do it. That receiving, that receiving group is not going to do Eli or Daniel Jones any it's favors. It's preseason football, but it's going it, to – I feel like – if if I could compare, um, it loosely compare what I think the Giants are going to be like this year, it's going to be like the Buffalo Bills last year with Daniel Jones in there. I can Lo- see it. Loosely comparing it, I do. I will say that I want them to to let Daniel Jones sit for a year. I just think that'd be the best move for the franchise. Get a get a good draft pick and not rush into this thing. Give you're Eli just, his. Just petting Eli's back. Yeah, I, I mean, what's the difference in Daniel Jones starting Eli than winning an additional one or two games? Getting the guy more uh, more prepared for next year. I guess so. I just think he could also go out there and you could put him with a terrible roster and it could kill his confidence. So it works both ways. Yeah, either are. We'll see what happens with it, though. It's going to be interesting. But, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with what I got on that one. Okay. Into uh, the NFC South home division right here. Let's kick it off with the Dirty Birds, the Atlanta Falcons. They are at eight and a half. And I, oh, man, wow. <laughs> thinking about it right now. If you go over on the Falcons, I just feel like you, you can't do that. Yeah, it's, it's hard for me to do that. Like, I'm just thinking about their roster right now. Like, you know, yeah, I fuck that. I'm going under. Fuck them. <laughs> going under. That's the that's the fan coming out of me. Fuck it. Under. That's funny you say that. This is one of my favorite bets um, to go over here. Last year, they only won seven games, and I know that was kind of a disappointment. But if you remember, their defense just got like four or five starters were injured. And, um, I think they'll they'll come back pretty strong here. I like the receivers, Julio, Calvin Ridley. Sanu. I like Calvin. I do like Calvin Ridley. I'm all about it, man. I like the running backs. I think they'll possibly win 10 games, so I'm going over. All right. Carolina Panthers at eight. Um, I'm going to go under on that one. Uh, I think that they're going to have the ability to produce some good fantasy production out of the wide receivers. I just don't see them following through and winning the games this season. So, let's see. Eight games, man. Are you predicting some cam injuries, or you think they're just not going to be very good? Yeah, I mean, like, no, I mean, Christian McCaffrey makes them good. But I just – I don't – I don't think that they're going to be able to get over that hump this season. I think that it's just going to be, like, one more year because, yeah, I mean, with Cam dealing with his with his stuff, and I, as much as I hate to say it because, I mean, I actually have him in a league. You know, he's on one of my teams, and he's rostered. It was an accidental draft, but he's there, and I've got to learn to appreciate him. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I don't, I don't think they're going to be able to cut that. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go over. I just think they have enough talent to do it. I think between Cam and Christian McCaffrey and 
I think they got a I think they got a pretty tough schedule as well. They do. These these guys in this in this division are gonna be, you know, facing each other twice, so they might beat each might yeah. beat each other up a little bit. Um yeah. I mean I, I I of course like not even trying to be biased, but I know I think the Saints can take them twice. I don't see an issue with that. But I mean they like last season they played like what week seventeen, so it really didn't matter. <laughs> like mm-hmm. um but if they're if they're playing each other in like the thick of the season, I think that the Saints got them on both. Um, I have to go back and look at the schedule again. New Orleans Saints over at ten, sold, done, over. No you don't even need to. You don't even need to go into analysis there, right? Nope. Um, I have them winning ten games, so that would be a push either way. So I'm just gonna say over because I think they're more likely to win eleven than win nine. But I have them right at ten and six. I think they're gonna lose three games this year. Ooh. 13-3. Mm-hmm. They're going to do it again. And maybe not have that bad luck in the playoffs. That's right. That's That's been their magic number. Maybe they should go 14-2. and two. I'll say that. 14-2. and two. They'll lose two games. Man, that'd be crazy <laughs> if they go 14-2. Tampa Bay Bucks, six and a half. I'm taking the over on that all day. You're I think that in the Bruce Arians? I am. I am. I think that, that we're going to see a significant upgrade by the Bucks this season. I think Arians is going to be able to get that program rocking and rolling. The Dom Kinsu's on the defense now. Even though he's a veteran player, he still likes to step on toes and do mean shit to people. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be vicious. Um, I definitely think that they're going to win more than six games. So, all in on it. This one's a tough one for me to pick. I'm going to go over because I tend to believe we're going to see Winston have a, a better year with um, – with Arians, but that would mean that I have all four of these teams going over their win totals, which is probably. Yeah, I mean, it's showing some favoritism to the NFC South right there. Which, I mean, I have no, I'm not a real, I mean, I have no reason to be biased, but I'm going to stick with it. Maybe they'll, they'll win their, their non-divisional games. So over everywhere for the NFC South for Drew. Yep, and maybe I'll win three out of four. Signed, sealed, delivered. All right. I'm pretty confident that if I lose one, it's going to be the Bucks or the Panthers. Yeah. yeah, probably the Panthers. I think the Panthers are going to probably be, end up being the worst team. I don't so know. I have to do a little side bet on that. Yeah, see, see my, my – like, for everybody listening, when I'm, uh, when I'm talking about the Falcons – like that's just from sheer of me not wanting to fuck with anything Falcons. So like, don't listen more to Drew on that one than me. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I think the Panthers are going to end up having the least wins out of everybody in the NFC South this year. I'm comfortable saying that. That's me putting a lot of backing behind the Arians Bucks. Let's make sure we take note of this. All right, take it. Write it down. Got it. Handy Danny notebook. Blues Clues is back. <laughs> uh nfc west uh start with the arizona cardinals uh set at five and a half um i'm gonna take the over on that too i think they can at least rub out six games with kyler and now they got michael crabtree there uh, everybody has been like trying to grab him quick as possible i still think we're gonna see a good year out of larry man i think that the production for larry is not not over yet but they do have a great young core um, I like some. I got. I got my first share. Andy Isabella the other night. So excited about that. I got him in my dynasty league, so I wouldn't mind seeing him do well. Um, oh yeah, he had a really good cat. He he caught a long bomb, dude, in a preseason game. I think uh, second week. 
really good outing. We talked about it. I talked about it on the show. Yeah, that was uh, breaking news, right, during the show? Yeah, that, that was it. Um, yeah. After I'm going that, under. You're going under there? All I right. just don't believe. I think I've on record on the podcast talking about how I just don't believe yeah. in the system. Yeah, you can't. It barely worked. It barely worked in college. Um, competition is completely different than NFL. I'm going under. Gonna be fun to see. I'm going one game over. That's it. <laughs> Los Angeles Rams at ten. I'll take the over on that. Uh, the, their defense. They got Clay Matthews added on this year. It's a brutal looking defense, man. I mean, they lost Sue, but they got Clay Matthews. <sighs> man, I'm wondering why the under is you have to risk more on the under than the over which kind of kind of concerns me there you see what i'm saying looks like somebody didn't do their uh their job correctly <laughs> <laughs> oh man i'm i'm gonna go over too but i'm a little worried about that i feel like one of the saints or rams will will fall off this year and when i say fall off i'm not saying they're gonna miss the playoffs they'll just be one of those teams that can't get anything right. Yeah, but they'll turn the corner for playoff time. They'll still be a, a contender. They just like a wild card. Yeah, either a wild card or barely win the division, and then maybe not get that buy that they had this this previous year. Yeah, don't say that because I think the Rams will be fine. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that shit, Drew. <laughs> I'm gonna go over. All right, take it over. Hesitant. Uh, San Francisco 49ers at eight and a half. Give me the under on that. This seems like a trap. How yeah, is this eight and a half? Yeah, it does. Um, I, don't, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I'm going to, I'm going to go over. I'm curious. I'm going over. I'm doing it. I think You're going the, over on eight and a half. You're just a Garoppolo believer. He's wearing a different uniform. Quit. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, my preference on that team. I'd rather him lose the job personally. Um, but he, um, Whoever's playing QB in that system should have success. I, I just think Kyle Shanahan's going to get it together this year, and if he doesn't, I don't know. Well, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, like they they play the Bucks week one, Bengals, Steelers, Browns, Rams, Redskins, Panthers, Cardinals, Seahawks, Cardinals again, Packers, Ravens. Yeah, they play the Cardinals in the thick. That'll be two wins for them right there. Um, let's see. They play the Saints. They play the Falcons. Yeah, they got kind of a tougher schedule, but I mean, they got some some easy games sprinkled in there. Uh, it's that's I mean, why it's, it's eight and a half, man. Because yeah. I remember I looked at the schedules yesterday, some, and you know, I don't feel good about going over eight and a half for the Niners, but I think it could be a pretty sharp bet. Yeah, so. I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna say right. under because I think they're gonna lose one that they're supposed to like win. Definitely, that'll definitely happen. Um. Seattle Seahawks at eight and a half. I'll go over on them. Even with DK being out, I think Tyler the Rocket Locket <laughs> damn thing this year. Excited about my Tyler the Rocket Locket. Um, and then we also, I think it's Jerron Brown's going to be the new wide receiver too, so he's been the hot pickup. Didn't um, we have a big debate on I had Lockett and you had Metcalf? Yeah, so that's – scrap it though. Yeah, it's injury. Yep. Yeah, we're going to scrap that one and the A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd one. You're going to – yeah, scratch that one too. We only got one left, Flacco versus Andy Dalton. Flacco versus Dalton, man. That's it. You were over here, correct? I'm yeah, right so I'm over, I'm over on Seahawks. Okay. Where are you at? Man, I'm actually going to go under. I just don't think he has the weapons to work with. 
Um, Everybody should be sleeping on Russell, too. Like, he's still Russell Wilson. I know. I'm going to regret this. He's going to at least win nine games, but yeah. uh, that'll be a half game over. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go under. You crazy for this one, Jay. Had to be right. different. Had to. Yeah, we had a, we had a good bit of similarity so Ooh. far. This is a big one because this they is had 12 be wins last year, and they they're over under set at nine. Mm, so the they Bears. they don't they don't really like them this year. It's the it's the Vic Fangio leaving for the head coaching job, and then the, yeah. I, think, I think maybe the strength of schedule too. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna take the over. It's at nine. Yeah, I'm taking the over. You seen that offense? I don't care what nobody says either. I ain't worried about Tariq Cohen and David Montgomery. I, I'm not worried about it. Like they're gonna they're gonna be fine. That offense is gonna roll. I ain't, I'm not tripping. I'm looking at the schedule real quick. Let's see: Broncos, Redskins, Bear, uh, Vikings, Raiders, Saints, Chargers, Eagles, Lions, Rams, Giants, Lions, Cowboys, Packers, Chiefs. Man, they, they straight up told them to be the best. You gotta beat the best. <laughs> like that's looking yeah. at that schedule. Oh man. They need to beat the Lions both times, which they should. That that shouldn't um, be an issue for them, dude. That shouldn't be an issue. One, you never know when when Stafford might. Well, I don't know. He's kind of struggled against if, teams with winning records. I think that the Lions are they're, they're still in that experimental stage, like, and that's that's where I'm at with that. I don't think it's it's going to be like one more year before they like get to where they they might actually be doing some good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go over. I can't nine. Just seems it just looks too good. Yeah, you're going over on Detroit. Oh no, you're going over on Chicago. Yeah, I think at worst case they win nine games and you you push, you tie, get your money back. So let's move Detroit's at seven. Um, I'm going to take the under. Let's see, six wins last year. Man, I'm sorry for the the, the life of a Lions fan has to be tough. Oh, but the big facts. Like, how many teams have won a bowl? It's Detroit. One of the oldest ones on there. The Browns are the oldest team that hasn't ever won a Super Bowl. Um, so the Browns, the Lions, the Texans, and the Titans. That's the only four teams that have never been to a Super Bowl. No, the Titans have been. I'm um, not even going to act like I can confirm that. Uh, let's see. No, the Jaguars. So, yeah, the Jags. The Texans, the Browns, and the Lions. I think that's the only teams that have never been to a bowl. Hmm. Yeah, that's it's just been a struggle for them for so long. I feel like as long as I've been alive, I don't I don't know. It's been it's, a hot minute. It's been a minute. Um I will say, you probably will agree with this. Outside of the Andrew Luck retiring, the most surprised I've been for an NFL player retiring was Calvin Johnson. Yeah, Megatron. Which just adds to what what we're saying. Like life as a Lions fan has to suck because he was at least putting seat, you know, people in seats. With all the maybe, maybe you're maybe everyone's in Detroit's Lord and Savior T.J. Hawkinson can can help do something for him. Maybe so. I, I, I'm still behind the narrative that he's going to turn shit around for rookie tight ends this season. I think that we're going to see a big turnaround for rookie tight ends this season. That narrative about don't draft one. That shit's going to be over with. Got a good feeling about it. So, yeah, I'm taking the under on the Lions, though. Green Bay Packers um, set at nine. I'm going over on that all day. You have a new Matt LaFleur in the, build, in the building. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm about it. I think they're going to be the only team that's going to be able to give Chicago the run, run for their money. You don't like the Vikings? 
Mm, I'll talk about it next. How do you <laughs> feel about the Packers? I'm going under. I'm not a believer. Um, oh, beat it, LaFleur. <laughs> <laughs> dodgeball shout out. Yeah, shout out. Still dodgeball. one of my favorite movies. Love it. Watched it the other day, actually. I'm white. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the tweet the other day that said um, it showed, like, the last scene, you know, where Vince Vaughn throws the dodgeball, and it said, like, that Vince Vaughn technically broke the rules because he crossed the line. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. I need to check out this. Uh, this it's pretty funny. It was, like, basically count the end of dodgeball as uh, invalid because Vince Vaughn broke the rules of dodgeball or something like that. I've never found that. I yeah, I know. Way too much attention to details. what I said. Fair and square. Yeah. Yeah. Average Joe's. All day, every day. So you're going under on Green Bay. For reals? I thought we were going to talk about dodgeball, but yeah, back to football. <laughs> <laughs> back to football. Um, I, I'm not a believer in the in the hire, and I just don't think it's going to work. Um, yeah, about think, the coach, maybe Aaron Rodgers. He's going to lead that team. He's going to pull a full-on LeBron. He's going to tell LaFleur to beat it, and he's going to run that team. What what has Aaron Rodgers really really done lately? He's going to talk to people. He's got a mustache. <laughs> I feel like I do that, like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that definitely helps. Like he's got the big mustache now, so he's like got the Uncle Rico swag. Um, yeah, I'm not tripping. I think he's going to be fine. I think that team's going to be fine. Under, I must say they go eight and eight, but I am extremely high on um, Aaron Jones, which I have in the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Pro League. Look out now. I love, love me some Aaron Jones this season myself. Wish I could have got him, but you were quicker than me. Um, and you had a higher draft spot than me. <laughs> There's that too. Um, last team we're going to cover before we move on to our interview, the Minnesota Vikings. They're set at nine this season, and I'm going under. I don't believe in the team. I uh, don't think that they have what it takes to win. I don't like Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't think Dalvin Cook's going to be great. Um, I think we'll see, you know, your normal production out of these guys, uh, Thielen and Diggs. Um, I even think that we're going to see a little bit of Irv Smith this season. Um, Kyle Rudolph should be okay. Kirk Cousins likes to tie in. That's I mean, that's just kind of like when that's all I really had in Washington. So I feel like he just kind of carried that over to Minnesota and relies on that a little more. Rudolph got a little more attention last year than he normally did with anyone else, especially red zone. Yes. Big time. So, um, I think that they might try to do some stuff with the tight ends there, but I, I don't know. I just feel like Kirk Cousins doesn't even believe in himself. The guy's still driving a minivan around, um, big <laughs> minivan guy. And uh, you just can't really trust guys that pull up to camp in a minivan. So, yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, that's real shit. It's actually his grandmother's minivan. He bought it from her secondhand. I think that's this makes me like you more. Yeah? Yeah, I'm going over. So You're going over? No. I just want to point out one thing. So, what was the, the narrative about the Vikings last year? I, I just remember everything being so negative. Um, Kirk Cousins is overpaid. Right, and they still won eight games. Yeah. And I just feel like that with everything that went wrong with them and they weren't really putting complete games together, it seems like they'd be okay for a quarter and Cousins would have a bad quarter. It just, it just didn't seem like they were consistent, and they still somehow managed eight wins. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over, and they're one of my surprise teams this year to, to, to win some games. And if the, 
if the way these projections are set up for this division, it seems like they have the Packers, Vikings, and Bears is just all even. So that's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, they uh I mean they have they definitely have some games that are gonna be considered easier. But um I mean especially, you know, playing the Giants. Um, but everything's kind of spread out. You know, they start off with the Falcons. They go to the Packers. I don't think they're going to beat the Packers. Um, Is that at home or at? That's going to be in Green Bay at Lambeau. Mm. Um, they play the Raiders at home. They're playing the Eagles at home. They got the Redskins at home. That'll be easy. Uh, the Broncos at home. I think the Broncos give them a run for their money. Um, they got the Lions at home. They can take that. And then Packers and Bears at home. I just uh, – and then they're playing away Chargers towards the end of the season. Seahawks, Cowboys, Chiefs. I mean, they, they've got some tough games on there. I don't know, man. It's now, now looking at the schedule a little bit more. I'm, <sighs> no, no. Going under? I'm still going under. Yeah. Okay. I'm sticking I'm under. Going over. All right, we got it all set for the year. It'll be fun to count this up at the end of the year, see how we did. So that's it. Again, you can go back and listen to the AFC uh, win projections episode from last week. This was the NFC. We're wrapped up. We got everything. We'll uh, we'll post them up on the Garage Guys Patreon page. So that'll be a little special clip we'll put up on the blog post. You'll be able to see our over-under totals. And then you can go and make your bets. And if you want to use what we got, rock and roll with it. Um, so... That's basically all for, for me and Drew on this week's show. We're going to go ahead and close out with an interview that uh, I got to sit down with uh, Kentucky State running back Brett Silve um, earlier in the week, and we chat a little bit about him going into his senior year at Kentucky State um, as a starting running back and getting ready to be an NFL prospect next season. So we get to learn a lot about Brett. Um, and uh, you'll be able to uh, to check out some of his stuff. We'll we'll have some updates on Brett as we uh, continue the season. We actually made him the first Garage Guys athlete. So Drew, we're we're starting this program. We're getting Garage Guys athletes everywhere across America. We're gonna we're gonna send out some some gear, some shirts. Athletes are gonna rock it. Um, it's time to get into the fashion business, Drew. Ready to get into fashion? Garage Guys athletes, athletics. Hey, I'm ready. I'm ready to get that gear spread around to, to athletes and people that come on the show. That's it. Shout out to Fashion Week. <laughs> but you can go follow Brett Silve on Twitter right now. Uh, his handle is at TigerBaby23. That's spelled T-I-G-E-R-B-B-Y 23. So go give him a follow online. Keep up with his journey. And uh, Drew, you got anything you got to say before we roll into the interview? Nope. Looking forward to the next few weeks. There's going to be exciting podcasts and exciting times to talk about NFL and uh, daily fantasy and season-long fantasy. So looking forward to doing it with you. It's going to be fucking epic. Excited. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Here's the interview with me and Brett Silve. Peace. We now welcome on to the podcast Mr. Brett Silve, running back at Kentucky State. Brett, how's it going? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, it's an honor to be on this show. Uh, I just want to thank you for the opportunity. It's an honor, man. We appreciate that, dude. We appreciate. It. We we are glad that you're coming on the show, man. You've been uh, you've been putting in a lot of work, um, a lot yeah, of time. Sure. So glad you can uh, make a little bit of time for us on the schedule. Uh, but for for those of the listeners that don't know, I I had the pleasure of meeting Brett over the summer. Um, we got to kick back and chill a little bit and, uh, 
kind of got to know the guy a little bit. Uh, I know we got some of the same music taste, which was what most of the conversations we had were based around. So that's always cool as shit to have. And then um, I know he had to go back to Kentucky. So we're like, everyone knows we're down here in New Orleans around the Louis, you know, in Louisiana. Brett's actually from uh, Louisiana, a town called Hammond, a uh, town that I actually went to school at. Um, and I went to Southeastern Louisiana University there. Shout out, go Lions up top. You're, you're probably more on the thoroughbred side. So shout you out to thoroughbreds. And Kentucky, yeah, you left. You left the boot. Went to Kentucky, but uh, but you're with the team that that gave you the shot, and you're there and you're balling out for him, man. Um, how's uh, how's camp been so far? Uh, been a lot of work. Um, a lot of things we we haven't been used to, especially coming in with a new coach. Uh, he's been he's been working us for sure. Right, you guys, you guys got Char- uh Coach Charlie Jackson is there now, correct? Yes, sir. That's epic, man. So, so Charlie Jackson's there, and for those of you that don't know that, he was the uh, former assistant coach for the Atlanta Falcons. So, what's it like having an NFL guy in the building? Uh, it's a it's a big difference, a big change. Uh, he runs the whole show, just like the NFL. So, so you guys, in, you guys you are getting that uh, that 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 good treatment right now, right? The muscles are are cussing everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we came in first couple of days. I want to say we ran at least up to 50 110s. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, been on it. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's that's wild, man. So yeah, so you guys you guys are doing it right, but like that's perfect. Like that's exactly what you're wanting right now. That's what the team's wanting. So I mean, he's giving you guys what's coming next and you being in your senior year, this is like it worked out kind of perfectly for you. So yes, sir. it's like a I'm I'm sure it's a mental uh effect as much as it is physical, too. Oh yes, sir. Um, especially with this, like coming off an injury, trying to prove myself. Because I always feel like I have to have to prove myself. Uh, no time to be complacent. Especially chip- like you said, coming into my senior year, uh, just working harder. Especially with all the new talent he's been bringing in. Uh, competition, competition is key. Who's some of that? Who's some of that competition that's coming in and rolling in right now? Um, we got a a fullback. He brought in. Uh, Israel Fields is going to be a, a, a key contributor for us this year. Uh, another guy, uh, Tony Williams, played running back also. That's a couple guys that's, that's been pushing me. So just looking at those guys, making me want to work even harder, even though they're younger guys, got a lot of talent with them, and it's, it's, they're going to help us get to where we need to be. Hell yeah, man. Team mentality. That's good shit. And that chip-on-the-shoulder mentality is like – like everything for me especially just me I'm a huge fan of players that are going into like you know a a new team or just a new scheme new new way of 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 playing the game than you're used to so you've been at Kentucky State uh I think for what three years now is that correct yes sir all right so three years you've been balling out there you got these new guys coming in what are you doing that's different now that that's like going to be fueling you for success in the 2019 season uh, well, this year we we also running a new offense too, so like running the same scheme, you can kind of get complacent, get uh, get the resting on your laurels. Uh, having to work into a new offense has been been a struggle too. Trying to uh, get my reads, see where the cuts gonna be at, just getting my footwork ready. So it's been a lot of just training my eyes mentally, mentally preparing. Coaches say all the time, get a lot of mental reps, and that's it's been key, especially this camp trying to come into the season and, and go out with a bang my senior year. 
Uh, so it's been been a lot of mental, the mental aspect has been there, especially after coming off of last season where I got injured in the first game. I feel like it's a it's a lot out there for me to for me to prove. A lot of people doubting me. Hell yeah, man! You need that too. Like, so does that fuel you? Like, does the the does the haters fuel you, or is it more of like, like the other way around? Uh, I mean, I I enjoy it because especially that's my guy. <laughs> Coming from Hammond, I I enjoy it because we've never been a team that's been at the top of the mountain. We always had to had to work for what we get. So, uh, with people looking at us as the underdog, especially with us being forecasted to go zero and ten again. Oh man, that's not gonna happen. Not, not happening this year. That's my guy. That's my guy. So yeah. <laughs> so you coming from here? Let's talk about this. So, uh, Hammond, Louisiana is a pretty small town, uh, college town basically. It's what it is. Um, him in high school, I never, we never played like, I the, the school that I went to was, was like a, um, it was a, what, a two A school, I believe. So we never really played Hammond. Um, but they're the, uh, the, the tornadoes, right? Or they the cyclones? The tornadoes. Yes, tornadoes. <laughs> the hell of a mascot right there. So you go from like the tornadoes to the thoroughbreds. So, I mean, you got like, you got some pretty tight mascots that are following you around. So, <laughs> so I mean. Yeah, you got you got the good stuff. Like tornadoes are really fast, thoroughbreds are really fast, Brett Sills really fast. So we'll look at it like that. So with with there with with growing up in Hammond, man, I mean like um, I know that, that you know other than Southeastern, really the next place that people are going to be looking at for like football is going to be like LSU and stuff. So when you were growing up, was it more of like watching like LSU, like watching some running backs coming up there? Was it more like the NFL? Like what got you? into the game of football? Uh, growing up, I looked at LSU a lot because I always wanted to be a Tiger. If I would have ever got the opportunity, I sure would have been sporting the purple and gold. Uh, but I mostly looked towards the NFL because that's always where I wanted to be. I was a huge LaDainian Tomlinson fan. That's LT. that's my guy. And Sweet. Reggie Bush, those are two guys I looked up to. I remember in Little League, I was playing quarterback. I ended up coming around the corner, and I had the end zone free. And I had just watched the game that Reggie Bush played where he flipped in the end zone. I was like, I want to try it too. <laughs> and I literally flipped, I flipped right on top of my head. Oh, my dad dude. came up like, what is, what is you doing? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Man, he's killing dreams. It's like, Dad, I'm trying to flip. <laughs> trying I'm trying I'm trying to be like the ballers man and that but that's that's what drives like players and that's what gets players where they want to be like anybody like I mean like me growing up like I mean it wasn't like my idol was like some person like you know doing a radio show or anything but like just playing sports like I was a big baseball kid so I played baseball my whole life so Mark McGuire was like who I looked up to like I wanted to be Mark McGuire and then you grow up and you realize oh he was doing roids so you probably don't want to be like that but <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, every everybody needs you know that person or or that thing that to motivate them and fuel them. So I mean, as you got older, so I'm assuming you've played football your entire life. Yeah, I actually I played football, basketball, a little bit of baseball. I, I wouldn't say I should have went to baseball. That's how I've been feeling lately. <laughs> every uh, everybody's like on you about that, or it's just like that you personally. Uh, well, my dad actually played in the in the minors right before he got his chance to get called up. He he blew his shoulder out. So no he's way. a big baseball guy. What what team did he play for? Um, he played for the Marlins, and what? he was getting called up to the Braves, and he threw his shoulder out. So yeah. Dang man, that's crazy though. So I mean, but you got you got athletes in your family. So I mean, you've had that good positive fuel, 
and you know you've had people that aren't going to give up on you and they're going to push you so that's that's a great thing to have because there's a lot of people that don't have that so it's uh it's cool to hear that that story translates but that's normally how it goes though like dad plays baseball kid plays football dad plays football kid plays baseball my dad was a footballer (laughs) and i chose baseball so that's that's the trend that i've been seeing so like when whenever you went to whenever you got to the point to where you were like okay i'm playing these other sports um was there ever like a moment where you were just like i need to just stop and focus on one or did you continue to play them all the way out through at uh at hammond high uh well that moment actually came my junior year um i had just came out of basketball season and we was going into baseball season and we was like maybe 10 games in already um and the season wasn't going like how i wanted it to but i I felt like I should be like I was going to be the starter coming in, but I know I had to I had to wait my time. But it was just I just wasn't feeling it, so I ended up going and talking to the coach and was telling him I'm gonna just go focus on football. That was one of the years I really had uh, an outbreak going into my senior year that I had a chance to really focus on one thing, really get down and and get in the weight room and and do what I needed to do. And that was like the moment where you realized like. I made the best choice for me because like, look at you now you're, you're in school, you got a scholarship, you're balling, you're one year away from being an NFL prospect. Like you're living the dream right now. Oh yes, sir. It's happening. So it's, it's, that's, it's cool, man. It's so cool for you. So you're coming out of Hammond high school. You finish your senior year there. And now you're at a point to where you're getting ready to move up to the next level in college. So was there, was there any like uh, scholarships offered? Were you going to hit up a certain school at that time before you, you know, uh, eventually get to Kentucky State? What were some of the, the schools that you went through and, and the situations that you were going through during that time? Uh, yeah, actually, it was, it was really up in the air. Like once I graduated, uh, still hadn't really pinpointed where I wanted to go. Uh, I had a couple walk-on spots, um, one at Southeastern, and the other was at McNeese. Um, I really had the big head coming out of high school, so I was really at the point where I was like, if they don't want to offer me, then they really don't want me. And then I also had a couple of smaller schools, uh, Millsaps in Jackson, Mississippi, and Louisiana College. But I, I ended up committing to uh, uh, community college in California, Modesto Junior College. Uh, but a lot of stuff went, like, basically financial aid, trying to communicate the school back and forth. Uh, a lot of that fell through before I even had a chance to get there. Oh, so, so you didn't even get to go to Cali. Oh, no, sir. They I'm robbed you. They robbed you of, like, riding waves, man, and, like, you're Silver yeah. Surf here on Twitter. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm still trying <laughs> to get back to, to Cali. I'm trying to, trying to find my way there. But, okay. Uh, Okay, Basically, so after, that's after where it's that at. Through, yeah, after that fell through, I ended up going to Louisiana College. This was the, the end of the summer going into my freshman year. Uh, came in, and it was a, a lot of talent there. Uh, they actually said that was one of the best recruiting classes they had. So you had a lot of people to fight through at that, at that school. Oh, yes, sir. I actually started off coming into camp as a six-string running back. Oh, wow. By, so they were uh, deep. Yeah, we were really deep. We had like 12 backs, I want to say. Uh, I ended up coming out of camp as the number three back. 
So it was a, it was a lot going on. We had one guy get injured, um, and then I had a good showing at the scrimmage. So they moved me up in the depth chart, and then the guy right in front of me ended up getting injured right before the first game. So that, that pushed me up in the road. But um, I only stayed there for one year. I got to my freshman year, got some nice film, and um, basically at that point I wanted to shop around a little bit. Back to the drawing board. Uh, felt like, yeah, I felt like I could I could go somewhere else. Cause that was the whole reason I wanted to go to the junior college to get something wrong. So what was it that um, was, I'm guessing, so you were putting that out there that, you know, all your, your highlight, your reels and things like that. Um, Kentucky obviously hit you up and did they bring you out to just kind of like a, um, I guess you would say, what would it be like a, a mini camp or something like that? Or did they just like, were they like straight up just like, we want you here, like get here now? Yeah, actually, um, after – after LC, I ended up going to Southern for a while, and I oh, got to wow. a point, yeah, trying to play ball all over there, and like I said, that fell through too. Um, wasn't going how I wanted it to, how I expected it to. Uh, I ended up having to sit out, which I knew in the beginning, but it was like I say, it was a mental aspect, and this was some of the maturity came into play. Um, I was at the point that where I just wanted to become like a regular student. And um, my head coach from high school, Coach Cecil Thomas, he had connections over at Kentucky State. He ended up giving me Coach John L. That was the coach at the time. Gave me his his phone number. Uh, called him a couple times. Uh, got in touch with him. And I showed him my highlight. Spoke with him. They hit me back the next day. He was like, we want you. So, yeah, ended up going on a visit, like, maybe uh, a couple weeks later. And it was literally just me and my mom. We fell in love with it and been here since. That's awesome, man. So you you've actually came through a lot of adversity. So I mean, going through going to first off starting at, at the school that you never even got to go to out on the west coast and then going to Louisiana College, leaving there, going to Southern, and then eventually ending up where you are now at Kentucky State. That yeah, takes sure. a lot of a lot of grit. It takes a lot of um got to have balls man like just be so be straight up like you and you've got that like the tenacity because you don't give up you're not giving up you're not you know you, you say you get to that point where you're about to and then you you had to flip that switch and I feel like that that's what makes a great athlete a great human being is when you can find that in that groove and you learn that you know this is what I want because so many times in life like you get to this point where you you know what you want but then you feel like you're not good enough and then you're able to overcome that just with your own self just by changing the way that you're thinking about things oh yes sir and and i'm a big family guy and the day that i decided that i was going to be a a regular student it was one of them days i was having having a bad day my car had just got towed for the second time so i literally just went for a walk i was on lsu's campus I was staying with my brother at the time. Uh, picked up the phone and called my mom just to bend a little bit and told her how I was feeling about it. She said, I'm going to call you back. Hung up. Not even a minute later, my dad called me. And he was basically just like, what, what's this I hear about you ready to give up football? And then just talked to me for a little while, just giving me some, some wisdom. Uh, and he was like, we're going to exhaust all your, all your opportunities before we – give it up before you hang up your cleats 
Um, this one we called, we coached in Kentucky State. This was the, the next day, and it ended up falling into place. So that was a big turning point in my career and in my life, for real. And you're here now, and even though you got these other two guys that you're going to be battling through this season, it's that mentality and that mindset that's going to get you where you need to be. And you're putting the work in, you're grinding. So there's no issues there. I know we know we know you got you. I know that I'm going to be able to check out your games this season, and I'm going to be able to watch you ball out. So when when you got when you got to Kentucky State, were there some other guys that you had to beat out that were on the depth chart at running back? Oh yes. Uh, when I came in, the coach told me he had two guys right now. He's like, I got a bruiser, and I got a speed guy. Um, the bruiser went by the name of Lavelle Cloyd. Real big guy, six four to two twenty, and literally a thoroughbred. Yeah. So a real thoroughbred. You got him from the Derby. Thoroughbred. He was right there oh, in yeah. Kentucky. Are you sure he yeah. wasn't a horse? <laughs> yeah. we, call him, we call him Tarzan. That's what. And then, oh wow. <laughs> yeah, they had another guy by the name of Adrian Ralston Williams. Uh, we call him AD. He was a track guy, so the sprint all day. And so keep uh, going. Those two guys. Really, just really pushed me. I told Lavelle when I first came in, I was like, "Either you gonna let me take it from you, or we're gonna we're gonna get better together." And that's what we ended up doing. Ended up getting better. And he had an unfortunate injury in the second game of the season, which allowed me to actually step into that role. That's epic, man. See, so now you're there, you're starter. And you're balling, and you've got some highlights out there on YouTube as well. Um, and for anybody listening, you can go check out the highlights from Brett. Um, just type in Brett Silve, Kentucky State. And you'll see some of his stuff. You broke off a really big run. Looked good through the tackles, man. I mean, it t- takes an army to get you down. I've seen like one of the highlight you have. It took about like six guys to pull you down. So I mean, that's 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 that energy, bro. Like that's that energy. Like that's you got that, and you continuing into that, and you're. You're, you're pushing yourself and you're changing that. And, you, and that's what's going to get you to the ultimate goal of the NFL. So moving into this season, when you're out there, what's one thing that you want to do different this year than you have in years past? Um, be more of a leader, like a vocal leader. I've always led, try to lead by example. Like I pull a guy to the side, talk to him. But just being more vocal, being heard, because everyone, when they look at Kentucky State, they always see Brett Seal. But I don't feel like I've been that in the forefront like I should. Uh, and just by me trying to work on my craft, showing everybody that, that there's room to improve, we can all get better. Like me, I always felt like I need to improve on blocking. So that's another thing I've been trying to work on this year, uh, getting, getting in that stance and really trying to hit somebody. Instead of just being a runner, being you know, back out the backfield, I want to be able to, to do it all. Instead of the next level, I want to be every down back. Instead of just somebody that can that can go first and second down, they have to come off the field. Showing versatility. Yes, sir. Diversifying. Diversifying the portfolio. And that that's, that's always good for the highlight reel, too. So with this being your last year, and you're getting ready to go in and declare for the draft – you you said that you know you wanted to go to Cali, so can I take a wild guess that that there might be a certain NFL team in California that you want to play for? I mean, I could be like my man's LT. <laughs> they have an opening right now, in case you haven't heard. 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much Austin Eckler is going to be able to hold it down in Justin Jackson. We'll see what happens with them. But yeah, man. So so L Ladanian, man. So you were watching like you remember like watching like when Breeze was there with LT. Oh yes, sir. It was epic, man. That's that's like the old navy blue Chargers. They're going more to the powder blue now. They're getting back to their roots. So yeah, those throwbacks back then. <laughs> right. So you're so you're you a Chargers fan? Uh, I was when he was there, but you know I'm a big Saints fan, big hometown guy. There if you that go. Opportunity ever, ever arose to play for the Saints. I'm all for it. Hell yeah, man. I mean, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you, you, I'm, I think that your, your mental game would be strong enough to be like, all right, this is Alvin Kamara. Like, so, I mean, I know complimenting him, you'd be cool with that. They're going to try to give him a run for his money though. <laughs> there you go, bro. There you go. That's epic. So one thing that, that got me and you kind of rolling and talking was the music and, uh, other than sports garage guys, it's all about music. We love music and, anything and everything. And I was, uh, the conversation we got on, we were actually talking about like, uh, electronic, like EDM, electronic dance music and, uh, and dubstep. So when did you like get into the, to the style of music and like, like, what is it about it that just like, I don't know, like it, it glues you to it? Uh, let me see. Going into my freshman year, uh, me and my brother, BJ, that's how we used to do. We started off listening to a lot of rap, hip-hop. But, you you know, you get tired of it after so long. Um, I actually got introduced to it playing baseball. A couple of my teammates used to listen to uh, the first song I heard was Scary Monsters and Nice Sprite. Skrillex. Yeah, and I was like, what's that? I need to I need to see what that is. And then I started clicking on some more of his music, or cinema, uh, started dancing to it a little bit. You've been to a lot of uh, a lot of like like clubs or raves or anything like that. Uh, I have. I've been down to uh, Republic in New Orleans. I actually got to make uh, a Getter concert. And That's I also sick. Got to make, I actually met Marshmello. I took a picture picture with Marshmello. What was it like meeting Marshmello, man? Because that's like not everybody can say that. That's a that's an all time moment right there. Yeah, because I actually didn't get the didn't get to make it into the concert itself so I, I made my way in towards the end after the show and they was putting everybody out basically but he was signing autographs so me and my brother slid up and and tried to talk to him and he was really like telling like basically telling people like he was leaving so we came up to the fence and was like can we can we take a picture he was like okay those two are the last two guys so we was literally the last two to meet him in going that's, that's awesome that. dude yeah, if you and I'm sure you know. Like, we're a Marshmallow podcast. We got our our, our theme music when we're opening up is is Marshmallow, and we close out with some Marshmallow as well. Um, oh, yeah. He's dropped Joy Time three recently. Have you got a copy of it yet? I haven't had a chance to listen to it. I've been I've been too deep in count. Uh, if only you could it. like put headphones like in your helmet when you're running. Like, would you be like <laughs> listen to Marshmallow? Like that would probably like up your game like at least like by like ten or fifteen. Oh yeah, it really would because when you when you get to run into that music, you're not really thinking about what's going on right now in front of you. You just you enjoying yourself. That's it. And, uh, and like even I've been lately, uh, a lot of me and my friends, we, we made our own group. It's called Jetway. Just enjoy the way. Hell yeah, Jetway. Yes sir. Just enjoy the way. Oh yes sir. I dig it. I dig it. We make sure you got some shirts coming out. Uh, we actually 
we trying to get some some paraphernalia, but uh, we just really starting to starting to get bigger. Actually, one of my boys is starting to rap. Champagne nine three seven. If you get a chance to check him out, uh, he's on Apple Music. So you doing you doing the Lev Bell thing, man? Like getting in with the oh, yeah. group, with the music <laughs> and the runs, man. Yeah, there's it, like, dude, it's it's all about being an entrepreneur now. And I mean, so oh, yes, like sir. having having different avenues and doing different things. So I mean, like just with the music itself, I was gonna say like when you're playing Madden, like do you listen to music when you play Madden, or, or do you just listen to whatever that's on the game? Uh, for the most part, I do. I like to listen to music. Gotcha. I like to listen to like uh, like Chance the Rapper. You know, he just came out with his new album. I haven't got a chance to check it out yet, but I've been hearing things about it. I have to tune in. And then um, also Lost Boy by YBN Corday. I like his his flow. I do. I got to get more on that, too. A lot of guys come over to play Madden, though, but they don't want to hear the the vibes. They want to hear Young Boy. I can tune to that, too. Yeah. I'm taking dubs, all dubs on Madden. They're not trying trying to get into, like, like, blaring some marshmallow while you're, like, playing some Madden. Nah, cause I, you know, I'm a country boy, so I listen to everything. I listen to country rock, EDM. Uh, I've been blasting a lot of my country lately, walking around in the stadium, and everybody just be looking at me like, "What's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like everybody. Old Town Road changed the game. And like every, everybody's bringing out this country flow. I don't know if you got to check it out. Are you familiar with a rapper named Young Gravy? Young Gravy, I heard of him. I haven't, I haven't got to listen to him yet. He's got a new song out with Chief Keef called Tampa Bay Bust Down. And it is, it, it's an all-timer. Like, I, it's definitely one of his best songs he put out. It's got, like, the banjo ripping in the background. It's got some nice 808s. Um, and one, one of the quotes from the song is, uh, it's, I think it's hopping out the Chevy, um, going fishing for your bitch today. <laughs> we down in Tampa Bay. Like, <laughs> it's, I don't know, it's it's hilarious, you have to check it out, it's funny, and that goes for everybody else listening to, you gotta check out Tampa Bay Bust Down, Young Gravy, great shit. What you think about uh, Luke Combs that this guy put on him recently? I have not listened to one Luke Combs song in my entire life. You're missing out, you're missing out. Missing out? Yeah, I'm gonna have to check out. it out. I guess I'm gonna have to listen to this guy. I I, t- I tend to, like, stay away from country music for the most part. Like, if I'm gonna listen to country, I gotta listen to, like, um... Like old stuff, like I like. Uh, well, some of the newer country artists, like I like Sturgill, Sturgill uh, Simpson. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Sturgill's got some good stuff. Uh, I like Waylon uh, Jennings' son, Shooter Jennings. He's got some good music out. And um, other than that, that's really all this dude new. And the rest of it, I listen to like a lot of Willie and Johnny Cash. Um, I listen to some some uh, Garth Brooks every now and then, like when I'm filming. I'm a big Jason Aldean fan when it comes to country music. Right. He brought it out of me, especially with um, Dirt Road Anthem, first song I heard. Dirt Road Anthem? Dirt Road Anthem. That's, That's what's up. Yeah, I remember, I remember when Dirt Road Anthem actually first came out. Um, like, every Dirt Road in America stayed cloudy. Like, and <laughs> you couldn't, like, do anything. It, yeah, it was it was rough, especially, like, for us, coming, like, from small towns. Out in the country, because yes. I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with uh with a little place. I don't shout it out much, but you're pretty familiar with Pine, maybe, in Washington yes, Parish. Family. Got family down that way. Yeah, so that's that's where I grew up. I went to uh went to school Pine High School. So I guess shout out Raiders. I'm gonna <laughs> go ahead and put that out there. Yeah, that was that's my alma mater. But uh, but yeah, Jason Aldean, he hasn't really done much um since he like cheated on his wife. So 
I don't know. He hasn't been he hasn't been too hot in the game. He's still wearing like the really um, the really tight jeans though, so I guess he's got that going for himself. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, so uh, before before we wrap up, before we leave the show, uh, we typically do a um, a little segment called Garage Talk at the end of the show. So since we have you on this week, we're going to be skipping that. But I can't leave the audience hanging. We haven't done a Netflix show of the week in a minute, and if uh, if I remember correctly, you have a show that you need to tell the audience about. They need to hear it, like, right now. So what is this show you've been watching? Why should the Garage fam check it out? Uh, Money Heist. Uh, that's my show. I've been tuning into that a lot lately. Uh, Money Heist is basically it's, uh, the professor. He has this big plan. They go in to rob the Royal Mint of Spain. They end up staying in the Mint for, like, I want to say a week or so, week and a half. And throughout this whole thing, he's drawing, basically drawing the police to different leads that lead to nothing because he has, like, he has it all planned out. And it's just, like, basically playing mind tricks on him. It's, it's very interesting. Like, once you get into it, you'll be thinking it's going to go left or go this way. And he got something already up his sleeve. Like, so it's a mind fuck show. Oh yes. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I'll, I'm a I'm a big fan of psychological mindfuck shows, so I'm gonna have to check this out. So Money Heist is a Netflix show of the week. I'm probably about to go watch an episode of it right now. You probably should too, Garage Fam. But uh, that's all we got for this week. We'll be back next week. Brand new show, NFL season kicking off. It's here. It's happening. It's real. We're gonna be having our first NFL special. Coming next week, Brett's got his first game on September the 7th. So if you find a way to tune in to Kentucky State football, go watch Brett in action. He's going to be tearing them down the field, getting ready, and we're going to be rooting for you. And, Brett, I have to go ahead and let you know this. There, there's some there's some news. There's some news I have to tell you. You, you know, I did not fill you in on this. You, I, we, we didn't talk about this previously. You have just become the first ever Garage Guys athlete. You are now a part of the Garage Guys athlete team. You are the first. You're talking a lot about how you're going to be a leader this year. You're going to be a leader as the first Garage Guys athlete. How do you feel? How do you, do you accept the trophy? I do. I'm grateful. I'm very grateful. Hell yeah. So we got you. <laughs> We're excited. Signing the papers right now. He's actually got a piece of paper. It's just loose leaf though, so don't take it too seriously. <laughs> but we're gonna be sending you. Uh, we're gonna be sending you a t-shirt, man. We're gonna be getting you some gear out, uh, so you can rock that out up in Kentucky and uh, and get the uh, get the thoroughbreds pumping on the Garage Guys podcast, man. So we're pumped and uh, we're excited. Gonna be an awesome season, and uh, you definitely be keeping up through the NFL season because once this college season's over. It's uh, it's time to take on a new chapter, and we're rooting for you, brother. You yes, said thank you. All right, man. We appreciate you having you on the show. Yeah, I want to thank y'all for having me on this week. Awesome, man. Who that? Oh, we got the who that? Okay, all right. No more Chargers. No more. No more Chargers. Now that LT's gone, it's all who that. All right, Garage fam, we're out. Sports party. Repeat.